waited. Together we have come. Very rainy on the outside. Those that are here in this chapel have come on a miserable night on the outside. But when we came inside it, right now we sense the presence of the Lord Jesus. The angel of the Lord, the pillar of fire. The angel that was with the prophet is here to accompany the believers. Not just a few of us, but out across the globe, into Canada, across into Africa, across into other places, oh God. These are our last messages we're hearing before the change. Oh, take our hearts, Lord, into that other place. Let everything of this world just drop down out of our lives, Lord Jesus. Cover us by the blood and may the link, that eternal link, that circle of God from our souls. Be molded and mended tonight by the great Holy Spirit, Jesus. Strengthen us. Go out across those that are needy, unspoken requests. But we do remember those that were mentioned this morning. Sister Bev Charman, Brother Ron Spencer. There's others that were mentioned. Needy, even those that are on the Zoom, Lord, have requests and needs, Lord. In the chapel here, hands are lifted up out across the internet. It's all for the glory of God and to draw closer to you, Lord. Bless the service tonight. May every single person receive something eternal. Be the speaker. Be the healer. Be the deliverer. Be the baptizer, Lord. Be the one that mends the hearts. One that restores just... Wave your hand across our lives, Lord Jesus. Speak peace, a word in due season. In Jesus' name, we're thankful, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's turn to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 is our scripture tonight. In the Old Testament. And I think, thank you, Brother Jonathan. And um, we want to welcome everyone to the service and to those that are on Zoom. So wonderful to see your faces. If you can get enough courage to turn your video on, it would certainly be a blessing. We see you here in the chapel. I think they're going to put that up in a few moments so we do see your face. Nice to have Sister Ruth Weber. She crossed the border to be with her dear mother, Sister Lisa, that had a procedure this last Thursday so I thought in my heart it'd be so nice if someone could come and be with Sister Lisa not knowing Sister Ruth was going to be here God bless you Sister Ruth and hasn't been in a live service since November she said so amen we welcome her and we also welcome Sister Helen Waldner that's here tonight the grandmother of uh, brother Ruan and sister Sarah's little baby And she crossed the border. She went through all the politics. And I guess they considered her essential. Hallelujah. Grandmas are essential. And I have to say publicly, I'm sorry on behalf of the U.S. and the Canadian government that you have to go through this. But uh, God bless you. Sister Helen, may God bless your life and hug that baby this week. Love her. It'll be worth the 14 days on the other side, I guarantee you. Hallelujah. Well, we've come for just a closer walk with the Lord Jesus tonight. 
And to those that might be streaming tonight, we're gathered in a chapel here in Mount Baker, Bible Way Camp, about 40 plus acres here in the mountains. And there's been about 75 of us come. We're about to max occupancy here that can be in a service in this chapel. And then we're gathered with many on Zoom. And um, we just want to welcome every person in your homes and wherever you are tonight that you come to fellowship with us. Tonight we want to speak on predestinated by that something. Predestinated by that something. And now I want to speak about that something. That someone. And maybe the Lord could come and speak to someone that might be younger or might be down along the road. Maybe you're older and you just need to hear these things again that you've been predestinated. In Jeremiah chapter 1, the verses that we're going to read, especially verse 5, but we're going to start in verse 4. I was thinking if this was true for the prophet Jeremiah, it's true for every son and daughter of God. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Speaking about your mother. Before you were formed in the belly of your mother, God knew you. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee. Now to Jeremiah, and it's going to get a little bit personal speaking about Jeremiah. We know he was a prophet unto the nations. But I wanted tonight speaking on predestination for you to understand. Thank you. I I like that. For us to be able to look at verse 5 and receive it personal. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee. So you're not a surprise and you're not a oops. God planned you. God knew you. And even wherever you are tonight, you're predestinated by something. Someone knew you before. So let's accumulate all of our faith together tonight. Let's just believe like it was our first time. And then he said many in verse 6, what probably a lot of us have said in our lifetime. Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me. Now, this is how oftentimes our thoughts about ourselves can be so opposite And the Lord doesn't want to just bring a rebuke or correction. But he just wants to let you know what he thinks about you. The Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand. And touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me. Behold I have put my words in thy mouth. 
See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Let's just jump to verse 17. Jeremiah 1.17. Thou therefore gird up thy loins. God spoken to him. He's spoken to us. Now gird up thy loins and arise. And speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces. In verse 8 he said be not afraid of their faces. In verse 17 he said be not dismayed at their faces. Or what you face. Or how they respond. Or what happens around you. Lest I confound thee before them. For behold I have made thee this day a defense city. And an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Is this the word of God tonight? Don't put that to just Jeremiah. Let's take it for ourselves. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight in the chapel and in the homes as we see you tonight and see your faces. I think Brother um, Joe Hildebrand and Brother Michael's going to help us with our slides. Maybe we can just show that first slide, brothers, just to let the congregation know uh, the, our title and where we're going tonight. Predestinated by that something. Just so that... Um, we're not misunderstood, and um, you can just come back to the screen. We'll, we'll come later to the quotes. I have some quotes of Brother Branham to share on predestinated and predestination. I think it'll be a real blessing to you and just a real anchor on predestinated by that something. But I, I want to speak about that something so that you know exactly uh, what's in our hearts. And I just pray that the Lord Jesus and his presence would just come and minister to each one of you tonight. One of the brothers in Canada this week, he said, we don't uh, want no complaining no more. As you minister with 75 believers there and we still cannot have a congregation. (laughs) So no more complaining. And so tonight we've already heard this week that they hear your voices and they and we're so happy that. We, a lot of you can't be seen, we know, to one another, but we're able to share the atmosphere that the Lord would just go out from this place with a mighty voice of his presence. This last Friday, I was so privileged to be with many of the young people of our assembly. Um, on Friday morning, we were able to cross the border and be with about 30 Five or 30 to 35 of the young people that attend Bible Way Christian Academy. And, and then in the evening time, we were able to connect with, uh, but there was about 50 connections of young people. And in some of those connections, there were two young people. Some of them, there were three. Some there were more. But I would say, Brother Michael, safely, there were 75 to 100 of our young people in the evening Friday night uh, young people service. Brother Michael Ray took that and spoke about finding the will of God. How do I know the Lord's will in my life? And we spent uh, two hours with them 
uh, and just they some had questions. Brother Michael spoke, and then we spent another hour after that uh, with them. After some had left, but some stayed together just to communicate and be together. So that was just wonderful. It's a privilege to be able to serve the Lord with you. But I, I want to go back to the morning um, youth, uh, the Bible Way Christian Academy devotions. It's just so wonderful. I'm giving this as kind of a testimony. Just to kind of give those that maybe can't cross the border a little window into what God may be doing. It was so wonderful to have the young people uh, song leading, worshiping as I came down the stairs at the school to hear them singing songs, uh, hear them um, singing out their voices. Uh, the very song that we were singing, uh, the one is the one that Brother Ryan Hayes opened up with, not knowing in the young people service at the night time. So there's just a continuity. There's just a, an outpouring. And I wanted to say from the youth service. We had a wonderful meeting with the young people. But at the end of the service. As we turned it back to Brother Kim Dingwall. The Holy Spirit just came into that place. Brother David you were there. Brother um, Preston was there. Uh, that's here with us tonight. And just Brother Kim just allowed the young people to worship and sing. And every praise is to our God, every word of worship. And they just were so um, entering into the songs that Brother Kim had them go throughout the whole school, just marching up and down the stairs and going to, he wanted the little children and the juniors to also hear. And they just were in a, in a line, just going, uh, Brother Steve, up all the way upstairs, all the way downstairs and just singing praises to God. That sounds like a revival to me. What do y'all think about that? And You know, just this week I was praying about a revival. And you know, sometimes we can look to the church to have a revival. We can look to somebody else to have a revival. But I just begin to have this burden in my own heart. And I believe all of us can pray, Lord, help me to be the revival. Instead of waiting on somebody else or the song leader or the preacher or someone in the church or the deacon or someone that's older... Why don't you just open up your life and say, God, I want a revival. I want a personal revival. And I was just praying that this be that revival. Throw out all the trash. As the great storms of life would come and maybe blow the waves like it did on one of the lakes there in the United States and Canada border there. And it just seems like a lot of the trash is just throwing up onto the shore, brother Mark Aho. In a time of storms, it just throws up all the trash and gets all of that onto the shores. And you walk by after the storm and it, there's no more water in that lake than there was the morning before. But there's been a revival. There's been a shakeup, and I just prayed, Lord, start that revival in me, Lord. Set me on fire. Can the Zoom say amen tonight? Hallelujah. Can the chapel say amen? Let us be a revival so that when we get together, it's just like a combustion. It's just like a, a, a big vacuum of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I felt like what was happening on Friday morning as it was so good as we saw just steadily. I want you to know this. As Brother Kim Dingwall has been working with the seniors and the different uh, devotions. And it's just been rising, rising, rising. And then for it to be, I, I mentioned to the minister brothers in a text that it was one of the best 
youth, one of the best devotions we had ever had. I think, I think those are good ways to start out our days. I think it's good testimonies to give to one another that uh, God's rising up. So I just say tonight, continue that revival, Lord, in me. Just rekindle that flame. It's not more numbers that God's looking for, but revive what's already here. It's not new members, but it's those that are present. It's those that have started out on the journey. It's to you that have received the message. There ought to be something in our hearts tonight that we are predestinated. Hallelujah. We're predestined by God to make it in this change. Do you still have your Bibles open in in Jeremiah chapter 1? If you could turn uh, to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. This is where the service came from as we days ago just begin to meditate on these things. Don't leave it to just the prophet Jeremiah. But as he was called, so was every son and daughter of God. Look in verse 5. And I believe the brothers share this on the screen. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before you were in your mother's belly, God knew you. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, or before your birth, before you came out, I sanctified thee. So God already knew you. He allowed you to make it through childbirth. You weren't stillborn. You you didn't have a childhood sickness that took you young or before night. You're you're connected. God has brought a desire with you that before you were formed in the belly, God knew you. Before thou camest forth out of the womb or before your birthday, naturally, God sanctified thee. And then he says, and I ordained thee. So he ordained Jeremiah to be a prophet, but he ordained you and I to live out his life. To fulfill a certain part. As we were listening, my wife and I, to things that are to be just driving to the service tonight. And Brother Branham was talking about how we're all different. Sons and daughters of God are different. Some are loud. Some are boisterous. And he was talking about the kingdom of God. Some are more quiet. He said some are nice. And he made the reference. There'll be some that maybe aren't as nice as others. There's some that are kind, he said. And maybe there's some that are burly. And you kind of take them a certain way. Some are sweet. Some are kind of stronger. And before you were even born, God knew you. Let's go to our second slide, brothers, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak on this predestinated. I'm just be the Holy Spirit. This word is a big word, maybe if you're younger, but it means that God predestined your life. It, it, he determined before. To predetermine, to decide beforehand in the new testament it speaks of god decreeing from eternity that's what we heard about this morning that great circle was god decreeing not in time not in the little space of time but decreed 
that you would be his son. God decreed that you would be his daughter. God decreed. It means that he foreordained. It, he appointed beforehand or before or above or ago. You say, when did God think of all of this? It was a go. It was above and beyond. It was before you were even in your mother's womb. Before you even came out, God ordained you. It means to determine before. So that means before you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity and came out speaking lies, which we all was, God had already determined before that your heart would get softened. You would get tender. You would respond to that something. Just hold that. I was going to speak about that something, but we're just going into what does predestinate means. It means that God declared it. God defined it. And he marked out the boundaries or the limits of everything before. Isn't this wonderful tonight? Before you were even born, before you were even formed. And the limits and God appointed and he decreed. What an appointment. We'll go to the next slide and I'll share this before we go into that something. Predestinated by that something. And things that are to be, Brother Branham said, you were all pre-planned by God. All of us. Nothing happens by chance with God. He knows all about it. It's all pre-planned. This is a prophet speaking his last words, some of his last words after the rapture. In fact, if you listen to things that are to be, he said, I'm just carrying this on. And then he goes into modern events made clear. He's in the same eternal thought. It's all pre-planned, planned for many generations back so that you could be here tonight. Do that you would break through all the barriers. You would break through all the skepticism. As, as we read in Jeremiah. It's certainly true about many of you. Some of you. That you have looked at their faces. And you have looked at their responses. You have looked at uh, the, the fear. That they tried to put on you. And there was something inside of you. Has already decreed. That you would go beyond their fear. That you would go beyond what the world is trying to even press even now unto us as believers. There's something inside of the believers that said, I have predetermined, I've been predetermined to press through all this unbelief. God has already decreed that there would be something in your life that would be greater than all the sin. Greater than all their faces. Greater than everything that you would be looking at. And, and, and to have God speak to Jeremiah. And then speak to us and say. I have put my words in your mouth. It's kind of amazing. It was the very morning we had read Jeremiah. Chapter 1 verse 5. We were just having a minister's meeting. A little luncheon there in Canada. And we were speaking about this. And one of the brothers mentioned Verse 6 there and how many times when to serve him, we would respond like Jeremiah did or like Moses did. Or Lord God, behold, I cannot. And many times we have another response. We have a reason why we cannot move out under this calling. Why we can't move out under this 
Whether it's our past, whether it's our inferior complex, whether it's some spirit that's haunting us, telling us no, no, no. And it just seemed like God came immediately and said, the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, but go. I think it's time for some of us to gird up our loins. As it says later in Jeremiah, gird up your loins and arise and speak. Don't take these things as just sermons and just messages of Brother Branham or that God is speaking now in our day. Whether you're in this service or you listen to a tape through the week as we turn our eyes pre-planned by God. Nothing happens by chance with God. He knows all about it. It's all pre-planned. Planned for many generations back so you could be And this word pre-planned means to plan beforehand. To look and know. Speaking about God. God pre-planned your life. He looked and he knew before. Not to be in defeat. Not to go down a, a, a road and then to never return back to God. But that something, that person... Something that holds us. Something keeps holding us tonight. Maybe I can just have your attention back, Brother Jonathan, and we can have the screen back. I want to go into this thought of that something. That something. What are we meaning by this word, that something? By that something. Go into something personal just for a moment to make this uh, real for you. Not last Tuesday, but the Tuesday nineteenth. I, I crossed the U.S. Canada border and came there to Bible Way Christian Academy and, and to the church in the morning time. And in visiting the church school area, many of the children were playing uh, during their time of recess, and it was the junior. Children, the believers of the message that were there and they were playing. And I was just going into the front of the school. Many of you that have been there know I was just coming around into the front of the school and some of them were playing. I think it was Foursquare. They were playing and they were playing the long line of children. They are greeting us and we are greeting them and to connect with some of the young people as they were playing together on their recess. And one of the little boys ran out from the line, as you know, four square, and they play, and one ran out of the line to come, and, and he just ran up to me. He was six years old. He said, Brother John, can you just imagine a little boy? Brother John, guess what we learned about in our morning devotions? And I said, What? And he said, God is love. Isn't that incredible? I, I thought that's incredible. And I, and I said, wow. I said, that is incredible. That's fantastic. That is so great. He just wanted to tell me what a teacher, what someone had shared in their morning devotion in their classroom. God is love. He just expressed, I thought, that is great. And he just simply ran back to his friends. But that's so lodged down in my heart and something began to start from that time. This was Tuesday before last, as I mentioned, as we begin to take these next couple weeks. 
and speak about God as love to the young people and speak to them, both the juniors and the seniors. And as I just begin to see what Brother Branham talked about, this phrase, something, just jumped out at me. In fact, Brother Branham mentions it, I think, 518 or 548 times, if you're interested, when he... And you might remember this when he was talking about uh, the, the bull that he had jumped over the fence to go and pray for his friend. And he was talking about love. God is love. And he was talking about how this, this something of love, it was so wonderful. He, said, he says, I think one of the, that is the, it's needed in the great universal church of God tonight. It is love. We don't need our gifts and our emotions as much as we think we do, though they are wonderful. And to God, we give praise that we have them. But if these gifts are not governed by love, they're not effective. Love should govern the home. A home that's not disciplined by love is not much of a home. If the husband and wife do not solemnly love one another, they cannot trust one another. Love is the strongest force in the world. We rest our faith upon the love of God. And he said, if we did this, our churches would progress much faster for God is love. Is this incredible that a little boy had just, you know, been raised in the message, heard it from his mother, heard it from his father, heard it from believing grandparents in a good church. But all of a sudden, one day, the lights go on. God is love. And for just that moment, for him to sense that and expressing it, I believe family members, as elders, as teachers, as those that have been down the road that have experienced this love, it ought to be exciting. It ought to be something great. It ought to be something that when we speak about it, that it's, that is fantastic. That is so great. God and maybe for a little hole, a little, or just dark, and all of a sudden, just a little devotion, just a little song, just a little something from the preacher. As my little two-year-old grandson was hearing Brother Tom this morning, and many times when we might be silent, he would say, Amen. Like you just did right there. God bless you, Brother Titus. And maybe Brother Tom didn't hear his voice. Maybe he didn't see him. But he was on the other side of the room at one point. He just said, Amen. More than one time. Tom said, and I just said to my wife, they're catching more than we realize. God help us to realize that that something, that someone is another dimension. But it's a little faster. Uh, Is Brother Jonathan back? Can he bring them back? Can he bring us back? I love the quote, but we love the faces of the believers. Amen. Brother Jonathan's been a real warrior and, and going in and out and helping us tonight. And and uh, we just love, thank you. God bless you to the Zoom and to those on the, on the internet. Can you just wave your hand a little bit? Amen. Thank you. You're back again. Amen. Hallelujah. God is love. And it's more than three words, but it's something. It's. A force. It's a power. It'll change your whole life. Just, a, just in a down. It drives 
fear away. As Brother Branham said, nothing is greater than love. It trusts. It brings faith. It brings a pardon. Love. Cast out fear. He said, I found a great deal of fear among Christians. And this is not right and should not be so. Amen. Away from even one another. I'll give a little testimony of one of our young mothers in the church this week. I was with her for a few minutes and she was just sharing how that she's already had a child. But just this week that there'd just been a lump uh, appear in her body. And she was very concerned about it. She's very concerned. And as it just began to grow and begin to itch and kind of burn, she couldn't even, you know, she was just maybe going to call and, and maybe see the doctor or see the nurse. But she had enough faith in her husband to say, will you lay hands on me and pray for me? Do you see this something that is in my body? Yes. And they agreed together. And by the next day, that mass was totally gone. And tonight she's free from that. I just say praise be to God. Because of a husband. Because of someone. A young man in our church. That's not to just call the preacher and call the pastor. But he had enough of something in his heart. To be able to lay hands on his wife. And cast out this. Not just a spirit. But a whole mass left her body. In Jesus name. That is something happening. approaching sister Natuzzi as we see the day approaching we need more and more that presence that drives fear away that that fear is a lack of confidence brother Branham said and God wants you to have love and confidence in him and this will cast away your fears and bring you to serve I'm just going to say a couple more comments before I get into this, this uh, time of Brother Branham when that's something. Oh, that's something just come in. All the difference. He said love is not based on legalistic laws that we have to keep. Love is based on faith in God and trust. In God and confidence in God. And I will tell you this my friends. When the love of God comes into your heart. You won't go around hurting. Or being hurt. It's the love of God. It's that something. It's that experience that God gives you as a person. I'm trying this. Speaking to Jeremiah. Before you were. Before you came out from the belly, I saw you. I knew you. I ordained you. I'm bringing that tonight to you to that something that appears to an individual sometime in their lifetime. And the lights begin to go on. All the mechanics, all the sermons. I was mentioning to the young people about how we were born and raised in the tabernacle and raised hearing Brother Branham and hearing the tapes and knowing from a little boy these things. But it wasn't until I wasn't baptized, Sister Sherry, till almost 13 years old. He was born in the message and raised with my father being a minister. But And you're always asked, you know, when are you going to get baptized? When are you going to get your heart to the Lord? You know, you've been in so long. But I, I wanted something real. I had to wait until it was my time. 
And I'll never forget in March. In March, right before I turned 13 in April, it was on a Sunday night, just before communion, that the minister asked, is there anyone here that would like to be baptized? And I raised my hand, Brother Jeff, just as a little boy. And that night, I've never been the same since that night. That something, that something quickened and aroused that seed that was already there. It was already laying there from a That seed was there. Having this experience now. Just can I have your attention as Brother Branham was just a game warden and carrying his gun. But he remembered one of his friends was in need of prayer. And so he just drove his truck up next to a certain field and he took off his gun and threw it up into the front of his truck. One of his friends needed prayer. So he jumped up over this fence and just began to walk across this field. This field that just had a little bit of grass and some little tall weeds they were growing. And there laying behind the weeds was this great big killer bull. This great big killer bull that had already killed a man. And so they had moved him from Burke's farm now to this farm. Because just a few months ago he was fine breeder bull they sold him and they and now this bull is just laying in his in his we would say home and here comes a man takes off his gun throws it into his truck and then jumps over his fence and starts walking across his field and this bull started to get around something began to happen something began to move up death begin to move up in a bull And as the man walked across and walked across, this bull stood up. Nature to kill. I'm going to take. He's he's coming into my. What are you doing in my field? And he literally started running. He moved his head and pawed the ground. Started running toward this man that was. And the man saw him. And he reached for his gun. Now, Now this may seem childish, but probably most of us would have reached for our gun. Most of us would have reached for the, the thing to take out this the enemy or something's trying to destroy me. He reached for his gun and he realized he had thrown it into his truck. Then he looked to this fence and he looked to that fence and he realized it was too far. And he said, Lord, I'm not going to die as a coward. You died for me. I'm just going to stand here. And... Now, I want you to know, Brother Branham had the Holy Ghost. How many believe that? About half of you. How many believe he had the Holy Ghost? He, he's on his way. In God's will. He was ordained to go there. Automatically he reached for his gun. He said if I would have shot the bull. I would have had to pay for the bull. He actually thought about running to this fence. Or maybe I can outrun this bull. But he realized no it's too far. And as the bull was rushing toward him. Then brother Branham said. In these All in my ministry has been wrapped around this love. He said, whatever it is before me, something happens. And that's what got my heart, Sister Debbie. Something happens. In fact, he goes on to say, I wish it would happen right now. 
He's in a meeting. He's preaching this in Edmonton. He's preaching Love Projects. In Edmonton, Alberta, he's trying to get this message across to the people of Love Projecting more than a sermon. More than just a prayer line in a few minutes. More than, oh, we've had a lot of meeting. We're all happy to be together and rejoicing. No, he's trying to get it further than that. To where that something would come into the meeting. Oh, I, I would just trust that would happen tonight. That out across this Zoom, there would be something. There would be someone. There would be a presence. Just drop right down next to you, Sister Rhea. Brother Ken and Sister Linda, just another presence, just another form. That if someone, even an unbeliever, saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, the form of the fourth man is like the Son of God, even the world knows when the supernatural... How can we be so ignorant sometimes and so spiritually stubborn to miss what God is trying to do in our day? I just say, God, help us tonight. Let me be the revival. I'm not looking to someone out there, someone in Canada, someone over in Africa to bring the revival. You have the revival. You have the ability to die to yourself and get out of the way. When that something, that something just begins to move and take over your emotions. Reach for the gun. To say a word. To run and do your own will. It's then that something just come over me. Now, can you just turn it around a little bit and look through the eyes of a bull that is coming at you to destroy you? A big killer bull going to take you out. What are you doing in my field? And he's just running, running. And all of a sudden, this man starts speaking to him. He didn't run. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't get six bullets in his head. But now you have a man just standing there across the field and the, and the man just starts talking, just starts talking to him like I'm talking to you right now. Do you know why? That something came. See, we can be believers. We can have our homes. We can be connected. We can have a good church, a good school, a good family. We can have believers that love us. But when that something happens, when Brother Branham was in the meeting and he said, I wish it would happen right now, shows us that it's not always the same. It's not always the same. He said, I wish it would happen right now as a prophet. Just being honest and saying, listen, friends, we we have a difficult time breaking through and seeing the God and hearing the voice and sensing his presence and letting it melt down all of our human barriers. Do we not tonight? We we, we struggle with that. It's like a life uh, issue with all of us is to get out of the way. I want to encourage you tonight though. You have been predestinated to let that something break you. So that the real ordained that's been pre-planned, that's been pre-purposed could be manifested. This bull is rushing toward Brother Branham. Brother Branham said, if I turned... Out of my Lord and in my heart, I said, I'll walk to my death just as brave as I can, trusting Jesus Christ. No ma- no sooner had that come from my heart. Now he said, please don't take this as juvenile. 
Then something happened. If you, if you miss everything else tonight, don't miss this. Here's a prophet of God in his place. But he's caught in a situation. He don't have his gun. He can't run. He said, then something happened. Oh, I wish it would happen right now. Always in these cases that something happens. Instead of hating that bull, I sympathized with him. I loved him. And I was no more afraid of that animal than I am standing here with my brethren. All fear had left and I thought, now, can some of you imagine talking to an animal? (laughs) Can you imagine saying, I said aloud to the bull these words, oh creature of God. Not like you devil out of hell. You get back and you're screaming and yelling, but he's just speaking. You creature of God. I'm a servant of God and I'm on my way to pray for my sick brother. I am sorry. I, Jesus name, go lay down. That's not a long prayer. That's not a long prayer. Some of us think we need to pray for three hours or have an all-night prayer meeting. Here's Brother Branham in a crisis, in a moment of crisis where he could have met death. But then something happened. And tonight I'm bridging this with predestination. Can you recognize at this time of your life that in your life that God's predetermined, God preplanned, God knew all about it. He predestined, he foreknew. He arranges things in our lives that if we could recognize that something, go lay down in Jesus' name. And with that, he threw his hoofs down into the dirt and he stopped. Brother Branham said, I just stood there as calm as I am now. And that killer bull, this great killer bull, stopped its oncoming charge to kill me only five feet from me. He was so bewildered. That way, and he turned around and went and laid down, and I passed within five feet of love is put to the test. It will defeat every enemy and torment there is on the earth. Do we believe that tonight? You on the Zoom, do you believe that tonight? We can see your faces. Can you see them? Can you see them, Brother Derek? I'm asking the Zoom congregation. Is our God greater than any torment of this world? Can you raise your hand and say, we believe that tonight. God, that's something coming down into a believer's life can handle any situation. That something happened. I'm praying for each one of you that that something, that someone would come very near tonight wherever you are. ordained where God foreknew before that something that you need to have happen that was in God's mind and God's thoughts about you personally that each one of us is now the time to be manifested as we yield and as we surrender to God and even over the years brother John has heard this phrase well if it's predestinated if it's meant to be it's be and we know that's true friends that oh if it's predestinated if, if she's predestinated if he's predestinated we know that's true but there's oh, and this but I'm trying to get you this to this point tonight 
But there, there's a free will in each one of us as believers that as we give our will to his perfect will, that's the secret. If you can give your will to his perfect will, that's the secret. That's the something. That's the someone that is arriving. That's coming on the scene. That makes it a different type of meeting than it was before when he said, oh, I wish it would happen right now. Means we can have a meeting, we can read the Bible, we can have singing, we can preach the word, we can have a prophet standing on the platform like Jeremiah that would know the secrets of our hearts. It might stir our hearts, but if we don't have that something happen personally, then it's all a failure. We haven't reached the goal. We we haven't crossed the line yet. We're pressing against the tape. But we need that something. Here is that something or that someone. Tonight it's the main thing in our lives to find that. To have him influence you. And to yield your life to him where he deals in your heart and in the situation. Lord, we invite that something. We invite that someone to our children. We invite that someone to our teenagers, to our homes, to our church, Lord. I pray here we at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp would recognize that the Lord foreordained and he knew. You say only 75 of us can be in here. I really believe, I said it a few weeks ago, I hope I didn't offend someone. That if we really believed it was Jesus Christ here in our midst... They'd be knocking on the windows. They'd be texting. They'd be, they'd be trying to get in here. They'd be putting tents outside, Brother Derek. They say, okay, you have 75 in there. And according to Washington State, we can have 200 outside in a tent. Just put me outside in a tent. If we really believed it was Jesus Christ here, we'd sell out to it. We'd be there. This place would be booked up and packed out every meeting. If we believed it was Jesus Christ and his presence and that we could be healed and that our wives could be healed and that there's no power that can torment our our youth or our families, we'd be running here. We'd be paying the money. We'd be saying, I'll sit outside that door. Brother Jeff, can you open that door? I'll sit outside there. If I, I, I know that I'm, you know, number 80, I can't go. Can I come? It's those kind of people. It's the desperate hearts. That really gets something from God. God put that desperation in me. Put that revival in me God. Brother Michael Ray spoke on Friday night. About how do I find the Lord's will. Such a wonderful. um, Something to bring to young people. That are looking for God's will. That are searching to find themselves. And he did not know this. But just a few hours before. In my same office. I was. Just down on my knees and wrote some of these very thoughts about life's decisions and life's choices and life's goals. That we have been predestinated by that something. Something has been foreknown, foreordained in our lives. God foreknew me. God looked ahead in all of this chaos. And placed you and I here. People are trying to find themselves in Christ. They're trying to find themselves in the word. 
I sense it. Those that are spiritual sense it. Even in the last year, we sense that. That there's those getting colder and indifferent and backsliding and going away. But I also sense, not just within myself, but in many of you and in others, that there's an intensifying. There's a hunger. There's a thirst. There's a passion. God, I don't want to just be a number on a church pew. I don't want to just be a, a computer code. I want to be life. I want there to be power. I want healing to flow through my body. People are trying to find themselves today in so many places and so many things today. But the believer's identity is in Jesus Christ and he is the word. Hallelujah. We've been predestinated by that something. Think about it tonight. I have one more illustration of Brother Branham to give about that something. But here we are on the last day of January the 31st, 2021. Tomorrow is February the 1st. Here we are. And what's within your life is more than a New Year's resolution. Where 80 to 90% of people have already failed in their New Year's resolutions by February the 1st. You that study these things know. By February 1st, 80 to 90% of people have already failed in their New Year's resolutions. For the believers, what I'm speaking about tonight is more than a New Year's resolution. It's an eternal flame. It's an inner fire. It's something that's in our bosom. It's like fire in our bones. To you that are older and know what I'm speaking about, about that something or that someone. We need to allow that person to be more easily seen in our lives as we influence our families and one another. And those that are lost or those that are in our uh, church, even in our meetings, that they sense us a leaning forward. Because it's something in our bosom. It's a, it's a power and a love. God is love. We can talk about it. We can sing about it. We can even desire it. But to have it in your bosom where it's unquenchable. It's not enough. There's not enough water in the ocean to quench this kind of love. It's unstoppable. You can't stop it. It's unfathomable. There's no bottom to it. Uh, You that go to restaurants. uh, I, I forget some of the names in Canada or in the United States. But it's called bottomless fries. I think... Brother Ryan, you used to work there, I think, right? Red Robin's one of them. Bottomless fries, bottomless fries. And what some of you don't know is they bring you smaller portions. And, and then they, you know, well, they're not going to order more, but maybe they will. So they give you another portion. Well, if you went to another restaurant, it would have been the same portion in the first one. I'm not going to get into that. We love fries. You love fries. All God's children probably shouldn't eat fries. But, you know, when we get to heaven, there'll probably be fries there. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to laugh a little bit. Good to let off a little pressure. Hallelujah. But what I'm speaking about this, this uh, predestination, this something, it's unfathomable. You can't get to the bottom of it. It's like you eat a little bit of it and you want a little more. Please bring out another order. Please bring back. And what does Sister Brooke order? Why is Charity ordering so many fries? Would the cook just heap up a great big, you know, that table over there? Bunch of believers that just give them a big massive fries. It's bottomless fries. And after two hours, they're still sitting over there when they open our restaurants. <laughs> oh my, we're, we're dreaming. Sorry, we're dreaming. You in Canada can go to restaurants. We can't yet. 
God bless you. You don't need any fries. Amen. I'm speaking about something that would cause a six-year-old boy to come running across a parking lot. Guess what we heard about this morning? God is love. I guarantee you he's heard that a thousand times, if not two. I guarantee you he's heard that from his mother, his father, and from the Sunday school teacher. But it was that morning, something clicked, the lights came on. That's why I went back to my testimony, being raised in the message. All of a sudden, the lights just go on. And everything you've heard, every every meeting, every camp service, every every song just kind of begins to move. And something is happening. Something begins to move. You begin to cry. You begin to weep. You're maybe a little embarrassed as a teenager. You know, I don't want anybody to know. Or as a young adult, I wouldn't want Sister Tracy to know that. I, I'm the Holy Spirit's on me, and what that is, what is that on Abraham? What is that on Charity? It's just causing her to shake a little bit. It's the Holy Ghost. It's that something. It's that someone that we so desperately need in these times. How many would agree tonight? We need that more than ever. That something. Can't get enough of it. We want more of it. Churchianity won't satisfy coldness. Formality, coolness won't stop it. God's meeting the desire. The Holy Ghost is real. The power of God is limitless. And he put a seed down inside of you and I that's been predestinated. At some juncture in our lives, God's going to ignite that thing. God's going to put a flame to that that little uh, five-gallon bucket of gasoline. Somewhere, something's going to happen. And you're just going to feel like bursting. Let me encourage you tonight. Just burst. I don't know how much I should say publicly, but there's a little song that they like singing there. And I'm not going to embarrass you, Brother Dave or Preston, having you come up here and sing it. They sing it at Bible Way Christian Academy. Mr. Dingwall loves it. and We all love it. The devil don't like no singing around here. The devil don't like no singing around here. We don't care what the devil don't like. Gonna sing to the Lord with all of our might. The devil don't like no singing. Man, they just love that. They say, well, the devil don't like no shouting around here. And they shout to the Lord. There's a bunch of young people. I pray that kind of filter over into some of us older ones. We get so starchy and some of you know how to read so good, even about guidelines and restrictions and numbers. It is so uh, watered down your experience. Where is the praises? Where is the glory to God? Oh, you say you're being juvenile. We need to be more juvenile sometimes. Even older ones have said about myself, you need to preach deeper. You need to go deeper. There's people in our congregation that need deeper. I know we need deeper. But we need that something. We need that someone to come in our lives that would cause some of the what we've put into our minds to be ignited with a life, with an energy, with a power. Oh, they love it. They, they sing the song to me. And Mr. Dingwall said, we're well, singing it for you. Last Friday, he said, the devil don't want no preaching around here. 
But you just preach to the Lord with all your might. That, that man, that, then he says, you know what? We're going to carry this revival all up into the school. So Brother Jack Ray just led the whole group. We went all the way upstairs, downstairs. I got stuck in an elevator with Sister Ella Van Enter. We're punching the buttons and we're getting up there. We're saying, yeah, let's get up to the top floor. She's in her wheelchair. I said, Let, let's, we'll carry you. Well, a bunch of us, no, no. She said, we better not do that. I said, we better not do that. And so here we are punching buttons. We're going up to the top floor and we come out there and, and all the little children are around. We're waiting and we could hear them. She said, I can hear them. I can hear them singing. And we're waiting for them coming up there singing about, you know, praising God and worshiping. And we waited, waited. And they said, no, no, they've already been here. What? So we turn around and go back in the elevator and punching buttons and closing doors. And we go back down to the assembly hall and everybody's walking through the hallways going, we missed it. But we got to share a little bit, Ella and I, in just a few minutes, you know, what she's been through in the last year. And she's just able to share in just a few seconds what was on her heart. And I say, God meets the desire. The Holy Ghost is real. He's limitless. And I just, oh my Lord, God send the power. Do you all know that song here? Oh Lord, send the power and baptize everyone. You all know that song. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, send the power. Just now and baptize everyone. I also like that song. We're rising up. We're rising up. Amen. It speaks of power, speaks of energy, speaks of vitality in our youth. And we can get so elderly and old in our, in our faith that it takes a lot to move us into that. We get so tired and lazy. And that's why I've been speaking like this. Lord, raise up some of our young people, raise up somebody else that can be on fire for God. Y'all are getting a little quiet, but I'm going to say it anyway. Just pass us up. Pass some of us older, middle-aged people that's worried about what other people think about. Jeremiah was even worried about their faces. He was even worried about how people were going to respond. And that God dealt with that. He said, don't even look on their faces. You just go forward. I predestinated you. I've called you. You know, we need some of our men, young men and young ladies to gird up their loins a little bit and stand up and say, I'm going to praise God anyhow. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to say amen. It just starts a little bit. You can start saying amen, amen, amen. And yeah, preach it, brother. And thank you, Jesus. Even on Zoom there. I know we can't hear you, but we can see you. There's nothing like someone saying, preach it, brother John. Preach it. Sing it, song leader. The, the devil might not like us singing around here, but the bride loves to sing around here. And I know in a few minutes we have to leave you and we can't sing around you or here, but we're going to sing here and we're going to let the Lord just bless you. That's something, that's someone would just break through all the yokes, break through all the barriers in our lives. Hallelujah. Our last illustration is when Brother Branham was mowing in his yard. You remember how busy he was and I can just sense in his young people, you know, some might not understand the Branham family, but being raised in the area and knowing them, what would it have been like for you to wake up in the morning and have a bunch of ambulances lying down your, the front sidewalk, people banging on the door, people calling all night and you picking up your books and trying to go to school. And here's this person rattling off this, this person rattling off this, this person screaming. 
that's Tuesday, that's Wednesday. It's like, okay, let's get in our car and go for a little drive. And you get in your car and go in reverse. And by then they've already got you. And they're following you, two, three, four cars. You can't even go to McDonald's. You can't even go to Woods or Starbucks. And they've got you. they got you, Brother Bradham, Brother Bradham. Could you imagine being a young man or a young lady in that family? It was love. It was something that overrode all of that. Brother Branham, God allowed a little possum to come up, come up right up to his front door to let Rebecca know that God up so concerned the next morning. The little possum had been laying there for all these hours. Brother Branham even spoke about the possum in the night service. Look at this genuine mother of a possum with all these little babies trying to nurse off of it. That's a real mother's love. You used it in your service. And Brother Branham gets up early, goes into his office and the Holy Spirit. A voice begins to speak to him and say, I I brought her to your house. You used her in your sermon last night. And Rebecca's knocking on him. His office door. Daddy, daddy, is the possum? And oh, and they go out and check the possum. <laughs> Couldn't hardly breathe. I don't know, honey. If, if it's gonna, she's gonna make it. Goes back. You go back to bed, and Brother Branham goes back to his office, and a voice begins to speak to him. Who is that speaking to me? Who is that? That's someone. I brought her to your house. She's been late. A genuine mother. You used her in your service last night. It just goes to show how we can have the word, illustrations, church services, be raising families in the message, and be missing the something. And you can read it yourself. Brother Brown said, Oh, how stupid I am. He used the word stupid. Your servant. And he rushes out there, just says a little prayer, leans down talking to an animal. You know, I hope Sister Wood isn't up watching me. But, uh, you know, friends, it's, it's just so unreasonable. If you start thinking the way the carnal mind thinks, you'd have never went out there. But he's under something. It's a presence. It's a love. It's a power. And he laid his hands on the little possum. And the little possum just gets up and starts going right down the sidewalk, down the driveway, turns on the sidewalk, looks back and like he was, she was saying, thank you, kind sir, and went on out into the woods. What was it that something was dealing with a seed of God? Oh, God, deal with us tonight in a greater way. Deal in our lives, Lord. Brother Branham's trying to mow the grass and he'd try to mow the front yard and someone would come. He would sweaty clothes, sweaty pants and shirt. He'd go in and change and come pray for the person. Of course, Sister Branham had to make him lunch and a coffee, this, that. You know, it doesn't stop there. There's always, it's always this and that and the other. And it just seems like people just go on and on and on. It's, you know, it's amazing how you can just give your life for something or pray for someone. You don't even hear back. We lose the love. We lose that something to go back and say, thank you, Lord. You know, there's so much power in praise. So much power in getting up thankful. Lord, we've got our families. Even we on the U.S. side, we've got 75 of us tonight. We ought to have a meeting till midnight and just think it was like an hour or two. There ought to be so much brotherly love among us where we can't even hardly wait to get inside of them doors. Not five minutes before.
There's a brotherly kindness. I've got to get in there. I've got to get into where the presence is. Do you want those kind of meetings? I mean, or are we going to end this whole thing just kind of barely hanging on and, and barely hanging on and bare, and just keep preaching messages about how hard it is? Is that what the bride's going to hear through 2021? It's just more messages of comfort, comfort, comfort about what? No, where is that bride that's going to rise up, rise up, where God can begin to empower, put words inside of you, put power inside of you? I'm speaking to you now from my heart. Where is that uncorrelated about that was back years ago, back in the little house, back in the when people gave their heart to the Lord, the young people, they were fervent. They were on fire. They wanted a service Wednesday, Friday, two on Sunday. They wanted fellowship. Where is that today? It's almost like people want an excuse. They want an excuse or, you know, it becomes too much. It becomes too much. It's kind of a burden. It is so much of a burden. No, it's just opposite what what we've been predestinated to believe. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Holy Spirit is going out across the globe tonight looking for believers that will allow your minds and your souls to be energized by a power, by a force that has enough power to change your body. Or are we just going to hear more sermons and have more meetings and, you know, log off and leave the meeting in a few minutes and then just go back and tomorrow it's back onto the news and 1130 and 790 and this and how much is going in here and what's the count there and what's the new presidency going to do? Oh, no, what's going to happen Friday and in, in, in B.C. and we can talk about all of those things. But what about our fellowship being changed and what is the Lord doing? What is he doing in our families? What could he do more? Brother Branham rode his, pushed his lawnmower right into the nest of hornets. So rushing front yard, backyard, front yard, backyard. He'd forgotten in the corner. His mower into the nest. And just, you, you remember, he'd had his shirt off, his wife didn't like him taking his shirt off but it was in the backyard it was the summertime it was hot and he was just rushing rushing isn't God so mindful come crashing into their house and they all just said yeah let's go get him and they all like rally war cry we're all going and they just covered him he don't have a shirt on and one sting of a hornet But here he's covered with them. Then something happened. Can we all say that together? Then something happened. Predestinated not to death. Predestinated to life. Ordained to life. God has seen... And he mapped out your future. He foreordained your life. And it's good. Love, he said. That's what it is. Instead of hating those hornets, I thought, poor little creatures of God. I have nothing against you. This is your home. And I disturbed you. See, that's so foolish, Brother John. This is so foolish. Brother John, heard these things from... We can tell you what's going to happen. 
But do we have that something in our day? Stop. Right in the middle of being stung, impossible death. He's not running over the fence. He's not jumping. Then something happened. And I pray tonight that something would settle down into your rooms. Settle down into this chair. Those that are streaming. Is it your address? He still makes house calls. Most doctors today don't want you to come. They want to do tele this and tele that. And if we can do a call and you can do a video call, that's just fine. We want to distance ourselves from you. And right in that season is the Holy Spirit saying, I want to come close to you. I do house calls. I come to where you are. You don't have to come to me. I'm coming to where you are. That someone is right there where you're at tonight. He begins to speak to them. I said aloud to the hornets. He said, I'm sorry. I forgot your home was here and I startled you. I tell you, if some of you talk to your children like this, they come back a lot quicker. You say they're astray. Uh, my, uh, it just hardened in our house, brother John, or so and so. It just seems like as the years get, they're just callous. They just they want to leave. They want to go. Brother Branham's talking to hornets better than many have talked to their children. I'm so sorry. I forgot your home was here and I startled you and disturbed you. Please forgive me. He said, that sounds childish, but I think it better. We are as children of God than always going about acting like growing ups and taking things into our own hands so much. I say, amen, brother Branham. The hornets were all over me, but I wasn't afraid of them. And I said, little creatures, go back into your nest and I will not harm you. Can you imagine being a hornet? We're all going after them. And they're about ready to sink in there. And all of a sudden, the sister Renee, an, an animal. Come on, guys. And he said, they went and flew around me three and four times and went right back into their house. It was something that something happened. He said, and as God lives, those hornets whirled around me three or four times and went right straight back into their nest. It was love. Oh, the power of love. I say, God, as we come to the end of this service, Brothers, can you go to slide number seven? And things that are to be. You couldn't understand it when you was a child. Oh, you begin to understand and find out that everything was just set just right. And it really means something to you now. That's something. It really means something. So as you're things before but he said you do things that you don't understand when you're a little baby and come to the altar you give your life to Christ you do such strange things you wonder why you did it but after a while when you mature as matured 
see there's something picks up and you see why you had to do it. Your spiritual birth, your natural birth, how it fitted to you in this life as you grew, everything fitted right in because you were made. into the mission next slide brothers the tent meeting or the little church somewhere on the corner and something the preacher preached on a certain subject and you just fell right at the altar see God knew that before the foundation of the world it seems strange to you why you did it then but now you understand and you knew what happened it's so fitting to you in this life And you will be also in the life that is to come. This world and its life seems to advance as you mature. I don't believe that person just happened to be here by chance. Or just think when you come to the world, everything had to be for, prepared for you. Or pre-prepared. Pre-prepared. Next slide. I don't hardly understand that, how that we could think that a God that could prepare all these good things for us and we could not put trust in him. It's Sunday night and we're coming to the close of the service. But you mothers and fathers that could prepare the birth of a child, how much more? Has God not prepared and pre-prepared, pre-planned, and we don't trust him? We don't trust him the way we should. God, help us to put our trust in you. That's something that has the power to cause a bull to stop, to cause hornets to go back. What was that? It's something that all of us need. Even Brother Branham being saved and filled with the Holy Ghost reached for his gun. Even someone that's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost sometimes is tempted to say something or do something. But now is the time where that something says, I am here. I'm here. You know, Brother Branham would wait for a long time sometimes. He'd say, Why am I just speaking and talking? I I was just waiting until he came. But he's here. I wonder if some of you out there would think Brother John was really weird and strange. If I just all of a sudden just kind of stood back over here. And just for about 10 seconds, then 15, then 30, then a minute, then two. What's he doing? What's he doing? Did he lose his voice? Something going on. No, no. I'm just waiting for him to come. Or do we have so much in our human self that we have gone for years now? Oh, we can take that or we can sing that or a mother can just do that or a song leader can sing some songs or a preacher can preach a sermon and the something isn't there. The someone is far away. I say, God, don't let that happen this year for us. Come near. Come near, Lord. Even in this paragraph that if he brought us into this chaos that we're in now. And prepared the good things of life for us here. How much more can we trust him? 
to prepare the things that is to come. See, the eternal things, it seems, I say, very strange. Brothers, can you just show slide number 12 to those that are in the service and those that are streaming? I took this to make it a little personal from a couple years ago here at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp Chapel. How many experiences have we had in this little chapel? How many devotions or presentations? How many times have our children stood outside the door until 7.30, 8 o'clock? People are waiting, but there was a desire to bring this something to them. How many times in the tent that you see in the middle part of the picture have we waited on God or had dynamic speakers and dynamic preachers? And we, we always said that those that would come in the front gate, by the time they would leave and go out the gate, they would be changed. They would have an experience that something would happen. That holding power, that keeping power, the power of the Holy Ghost, the something to appear down inside of a life. You say, well, brother John, so-and-so left or so-and-so this or so-and-so this. But what about those that have remained? What about those that are still serving God? What about those even in this service or on Zoom or those even globally that have been affected by even what took place in that tent there? Something happened. And now I know. He touched me. And oh the joy that floods my soul. God bring us back to that place. Where a little six year old boy. Can say guess what we learned about in our devotion this morning. God is love. And that we don't get to the place that we've heard it so much. And oh really? Oh that's nice. Yeah, I know that. But we're, that's fantastic. That is great. God is visiting us again. He'll not leave his little. For some years ago. Revival. It's for tonight. It's for this meeting. It's for, for this time until the rapture. It's that we're not going to let them go. We're going to get excited about the little things. The something is coming near into classrooms, into homes. When the children go to school, it's coming to our mothers, to you fathers when you're driving your truck or your car, to whoever at school when you're lonely, to you that are older. I'm closing now with this. Paragraph number 15. Brothers, you can come. Who is this Melchizedek? Slide number 15. Think of it. Of it. Slide number 15. Before Jesus was ever born, 4,000 years before he came on the earth, and several thousand years before you came on the earth, Jesus in God's mind died for the sins of the world, and the book of life was made, and your name was put on that book of life before the foundation of the world. How many believe that tonight? Before the foundation of the world. That's the Bible truth. See, your name was ordained of God and placed on the book of life before the foundation of the world. You were there in his attributes. Because you're just a part of his life. 
Next slide. Predicting view here. The stages of the eternal purpose he had in his secret has now been revealed. Notice there are still three stages. And he speaks about this, justification. Second, sanctification. Third, baptism of the Holy Ghost. The rapture. Next slide. God vindicates that. That's exact. That's always been right. God vindicates it to be true. Show plainly the predestinated is the only one that's considered in redemption. I heard it today when a brother Branham said the world won't believe this. The world won't receive this. But the predestinated will. Did you get it? Let me say that again. The predestinated is the only one that's considered in redemption. People might be making like. Think they are. But their real redemption is those that are predestinated. Because the very word redeem means to bring back. Is that right? The redeem is something. To redeem anything is bring it back to its original place. Oh, hallelujah. Can we say hallelujah tonight? You are being brought back. You have been foreordained. Predestinated. Preplanned. It's only the predestinated will be brought back. Because the others didn't come from there. As we bow our heads tonight. Lord put this into our hearts. As we come to another meeting end. Put this in our hearts. That we are predestinated and being brought back. Others didn't come from him. That's why they're not going back to him. That's why the world is quickly, quickly eroding fast and you're going to see it this year quicker than ever whether you're in the United States whether you're in Canada or whether you're in another continent or another place brother Bradham said you bring back a George Washington or Abraham Lincoln in every county that would be like a municipality if you'd bring them back in every single one it still wouldn't bring it back and that was years ago what would he say tonight When the world is accelerating, it's getting faster and faster. Faster and faster. And the Holy Spirit is just turning the tide up for the bride faster into that eternal realm. Where we heard about this morning, moving us now. Moving us now as believers out of eternity, back to eternity. Oh, tonight as we just bow our heads, whether you're... On the Zoom or whether you're at home streaming the service or in the chapel here. We opened with this scripture. I want to read it for you now. God speaking to a believer. Before I formed thee in the belly. I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb. I sanctified thee. And. I ordain thee. Lord be it unto me tonight. Let that something. Let the atmosphere. Let the rain that we hear naturally falling on the roof of this little building at 8444 Mount Baker. Mount Baker Highway. Let there be a spiritual rain begin to fall. 
Let the rain begin to fall. Let the clouds open up. Let the Holy Ghost begin to fall on our hearts, Lord Jesus. Move on our hearts again. Tenderize us back to that love. Where our life's decisions, our life choices, our life goals to find ourselves. We could be so possessed. With Jesus. With Jesus. Oh, Father, allow our hearts to go a little bit faster tonight. What we've seen in the natural, we are seeing in the spiritual. What the prophets and sages of old would have peering over the banister and looked into this building and see there are voices there are pictures there are colors of people going through a room that they're going to capture and bring into fellowship they're going to take 75 believers and put them into the homes of people all over the globe I'm sure Daniel and Zephaniah and Ezekiel just amazed. They're probably saying, will they catch it? Will they catch it? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lord, my wife and I was reading the book of Zephaniah the other day. And we were just sitting by the ocean there in Bellingham. We read the whole book of Zephaniah and it took us 15 to 20 minutes and it just struck me. I shared it with my wife. Here is a prophet. Here's his whole life. Here's the record of his whole life. And it's 15 or 20 minutes. I thought, oh God, don't let us get stuck in our lives. Don't let us get stuck in the months and the years. You're a God that's much greater than that. Greater than any torment. Greater than any killer bull. You're greater than any storm. Storm, go back. Go back. Let us have a few more gasoline young men putting gasoline in their car talking about the weather saying oh but yesterday that storm did you notice that storm yeah come and you know what happened it started but then all of a sudden it just stopped and the sun came out more testimonies this week oh Jesus Angels appearing to us unawares. Healing angels. Let us not forget to entertain one another and strangers. Let us not forget to recognize that in the person of our brother and our sister is a gift, is a life that was predestinated, foreordained. And when we think about that, We feel really little. Put us into that revelation, Lord, a part of your plan. Just drop down tonight 
on purpose. Don't let us leave this meeting and click off with an empty feeling that my need will. Don't let us offend, Lord, and go around hurting and then being hurt and offended so easily, Lord. As Brother Derek prayed in his opening prayer, us, would you take it away? We desire a revival. We want to see a move of God. We want to see a stir of God. But how many sermons do we need to hear from 2020, 21 about comfort ye, comfort ye, all the troubles and all the trials? When is there going to be a bride stand up that cannot be hurt? She's not going around hurting or being hurt. She's like ready to listen, ready to receive the next word of thus saith the Lord. But we're also not going to speak so high-minded that our little children cannot hear God is love. And that we can speak to one another in respect and then hear a little two-year-old boy this morning when maybe Minnie was quiet just shout out. You would heal the sick right now. Just come like a wave into homes, into lives, into marriages, Lord. People that have been in the message for years and years and years. Now talking about divorce, separation, women that are in the message wearing makeup, lipstick, worldly, pants. You see the world creeping in. Young men, brothers, even married that are just drifting, drifting. But there has to come a predestinated moment when the bride recognizes who she is and won't go that way of the world. But she says, Lord, let the revival continue in me. I wonder tonight with every head bowed if you'd like to stand to your feet and say life and in my family I'm standing tonight to personal Zoom if you want to stand if you you on the internet well no one sees you God sees you God, yes sister yes brother to say Lord yes young person Lord this is me Lord I want my antenna to go straight up tonight let that something feel welcome. Atmosphere be right, Lord. Here with the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. Give us teaching. Pastor our hearts. When we need evangelism, when we need teaching, when we need pastoral, let the gifts that operate from across the pulpits that influence our lives speak the mind of Christ. Let that something, Lord, drop down even now. Where your prophet said, I wish it would happen right now. I pray at the end of this meeting that you would just allow. Lord, let a revival spark. Let it consume me, Lord Jesus. Let it be a bonfire. Just take all of these branches. Just take all of me, all of these things, Lord. I pray a blessing, Lord, upon the congregation. Even this week, having some in the hospital, some in surgery, some separated from loved ones. You see the stress and the pressure that your people is under. For God, that we would recognize the angel of the Lord. He encamps around those 
that fear him. Let us recognize, Lord, when we pray that we are making a connection to you. The greatest privilege that a mortal could have is to bow their heads and speak to you. Lord, don't don't let us get caught up, Lord Jesus, in this world that is soon going to be on fire with tribulation. Don't let us go that way, Lord. I wonder now just looking, just breathing, just trying to find those last elected ones. You're making our hearts ready. We're girding up our loins. Let us look into your face tonight. Not into the face of the world or into the face of a demon spirit that's trying to back us into some corner. But may we arise. May we press forward. May we sense the urgency of the hour. May the soberness of these moments. Father, we can get so giddy and light. But may the soberness of these moments... Affect us long after we have left one another's presence, Lord, where we just want to linger. Maybe tonight, Brother Ryan will play and play in the brothers. And that's what we need. We need healing. We need personal connection, God. Oh, Jesus, we pray one for the other now before we separate and go. I know some have to go, but I pray we pray a blessing on one another, Jesus. Let us just pray in the sanctuary here now for every single need, every loved one, every request that might be out across the internet, out across the Zoom now before we say goodbye. Oh, Jesus, may the Holy Spirit cause this week, if you would tarry supernatural events like the little six-year-old boy had, I pray that this week, Lord, he would find further that you would just add to his life and add to her life and add to our families. May there be such an eruption of joy and teenagers just bursting out of a room, going up stairs, bursting down hallways, singing songs. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. And then Brother Ryan to pick it up on Friday night, the very song that we were singing. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord to pick that right up. It was like the Lord was wanting to continue it right on. Oh, Jesus, we invite you this week to be with us, Lord. Tarry with us. Some are making decisions that affect their lives and others. And I pray, God, they would drop into a predestinated channel. And may the borders of their heart be so enclosed with your presence. Give them peace, Lord. In Jesus' name. Oh.